hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with, I forgot that, it's an important right. part of the show. I know, I don't know what to do. It's like, <laughs> so along with Sean McCool. It's a little, uh, little pattern interruption there, right? Yeah, we're both getting older, so <laughs> this week, this week. That's right. Birthday, Mr. Sean McCool was, uh, you like 38 yesterday? This. Yeah. <laughs> So as we're recording this, yes, yesterday I turned 51. Oh, man, you're not Jonathan, supposed to. You got a birthday tomorrow, tomorrow right? Yeah. Okay. That's crazy that our birthdays are like right there. Together. I know. But yeah, we're uh, we're getting older and wiser. Uh, oh, that's the good thing. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, uh, but today, no guests. We are going to do a very fun random flight where we go through... Um, everything from creating personality in copy, um, in your sales copy, some tips on how to do that. Uh, we're going to share some examples and obviously we're going to give credit where credit's due because a lot of this comes from Mr. Dan Kennedy himself, the, um, the master, the, I guess the grandfather. We just just steal stuff and notice stuff. We don't actually, (laughs) actually create anything. Well, you did create a. A little text that we'll be talking about this week. Absolutely, yeah. It was worth <clears throat> worth a little something to you, so mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, we'll be uh, talking about some scarcity, uh, yeah. using some scarcity approaches in your marketing and how that works. Um, also, as you'll notice, I got a little Marvel uh, encyclopedia that kind of that kind of plays into our um, our you know personality and copy uh, creating right. origin stories because this is really fascinating. If you're a Marvel fan, if you're not, you might. You might not geek out on this like Sean and I, but uh, this is this is actually a pretty cool book that uh, I would recommend anybody that writes copy pick up. So, yeah, I think um, doesn't Ben Settle have a book on superheroes? And I think so. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. big on writing about. Oh yeah, those he guys. Loves the comics. Yeah, he loves them. So, and I, I'm by a the way, big speaking fan. of movies, mm-hmm. um, not. For our diehards, not that comics and movies are the same thing. Yeah. I don't want to, <laughs> don't want to trigger anybody. Right. But for the Marvel movies and just movies in general, I saw a stat today that um, box office movies are mm-hmm. still down this year. Yes. By considerable amount. So people still aren't going back to the movies. So that's interesting. Little side note. Um, but it, the bigger thing is it's, it's not that the sales are down or demand is down. They said there's, Usually by March, there's 250 movies released by the end of March. Yeah. And this year, it's 120. Not a lot. So there's yeah. just not the movies to go see. Mm-mm. No. So. No, I mean, so there. far. We're, we're ready to go see the movies if you just give us a just decent give us one something. to go see. Right. Yeah. So, so far, there's been, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think Spider-Man, Spider-Man was last year. That was late last year, right? That was December. So I, I don't consider so, yeah. that this year. Um, so far, the only movie that we've gone to see is bat is the Batman, the Batman. The Batman. So, the Batman. Yeah. So, which is, you, right there, cause we you know, you talked about movies or anything. Cause there's just, there's nothing exciting coming out right now. No, no. So, well, hopefully that'll change. Maybe they'll listen to us and realize they got to get going. So. <laughs> but then they're going to, there's going to be a flood of releases at some point. You know, absolutely. Mandates are gone. And all I've been waiting. Stuff. I think I've been waiting. This is the third year I've been waiting for them to release the uh, the Top Gun uh, sequel. Yeah, like <laughs> what's that it's coming like, out? It's like I don't know. I'm like this thing's been made for like three years now, and yeah, 
they're I mean, just, we'll just roll the sequel. <laughs> just do a double feature. They'll have the sequel out. No doubt, yeah. man. It's like, all right. Good grief. Well, let's talk about some, uh, some beverages. Yes. And then we'll roll into the, awesome. to the episode. Uh, let me share. We are having the same one today. We are. So this is from Twin Oast Brewing. Uh-huh. Yep. I don't know what an oast is exactly, <laughs> but it's like, is that Twin Oaks? Twin Oast? <laughs> twin Oats? Twin like, Oats. Is that, yeah. So Twin Oast Brewing out of, this is one of our Ohio beers. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll be wrapping these up in the next probably week or two. Yeah. Yeah. Two or three episodes. I think I'm just about out of those. Are you going to order are, some more? I might go look at some of their loggers, see if they any dark loggers and mm-hmm. pilsners and things like that. Springtime type stuff. That's yeah. not an IPA. Um, <laughs> but here's the one we're having. It's called Ship Burner. It's a brown porter. ABB is 5.1%. Here's the copy. Burning the ships is a way of life. Favors the <laughs> bold. Those with guts and gumption. Ship burner is a brown porter with audacity, displaying flavors of dark chocolate and coffee, daring you to face your next adventure with no plan for escape. I like that theme. And you know, that reminds I mean, that's me. A, that's, our, a, that's putting a lot on a beer. I mean, I guess. Burn the know. ships, baby. Burn the ships. All right. Although, I don't know. That ABV looks a little different than. It looks a little light, doesn't it? Yeah, I thought the can was a little different than that, but maybe not. Okay, I no, thought it was more, but it the can looks like the design of the can. Period. Actually, looks like it should be mm-hmm. heavier, yeah. doesn't it? Yep. Like it should be. Yeah, that's a that's a uh, that's a bold image. But this can is like dark black, brooding. It's got a clipper ship on the cover. Yep. Or on the on the label, like that looks like a beer that should be eight or nine percent, but it's not. No, nope. it's basically nope. a lager. It's pretty sad, but I do like too. the theme. I love burning the ships. I think that that reminds me of the uh, the speech old Kirby Smart made to those boys down in Georgia right before that national championship game. He said, "Boys, tonight we're gonna burn the ships." There you go, <laughs> and they did it. Now, I don't know if it's true. I've heard that that I heard a speaker say one time that that act, that story is actually not true. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. But, <laughs> it, but it won't die. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it's a great story. It's a great story. Which I mean, that's that's a that's a good good segue into our pod our podcast today. Yeah, so. I probably should have done some research to find out. So <laughs> now you just have to Google it yourself instead of me googling it for that's you. That's right. Uh, we're not going to do that. Uh, You'll have to just go find out is <clears throat> burning the ships true story or not. It'd be a good thing for Mythbusters or something. Oh, that's right. Yep. Are they still around? No, unfortunately not. They had a yeah. huge falling out, apparently. Uh, those two is guys. Is that true? Or yeah. is that a myth? No, that well. Is <laughs> no. it all part I, of an elaborate scheme? It, it could be. Later? It could be. Those guys didn't Green. like each other. They liked each other on screen, but not uh, yeah. apparently not behind behind the closed doors. Or behind the screen. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got mine poured. So I guess we'll. I've got mine too. Look at this. Toast and then we'll rate. Super dark. Yeah. Super dark. Let's All right. Cheers. <clears throat> mm, that's good. It's really good. I like it. Dang. Hmm. 
All right. So are we writing these down again? Yeah. All right. You already primed me though with your. Mm. Man, that was bad. That's like bad salesmanship. Like just throwing your. Yeah. You just <laughs> like, oh, charging him more. <laughs> it can work both ways, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a great, such a great product. I love this, man. Mm. The problem with that is a salesperson, <laughs> if you hear somebody say that, here's where that's where a rookie salesperson messes up, right? They're like, right. oh, that's this exactly guy right. wants it. Yep. So you skip your presentation, <laughs> and you hit you miss all the key points, and they're like, Yeah, it's good, but I want to think about it. <laughs> Do you have more samples? Because <laughs> yeah. more awesome. samples. That's it. All right. Yeah, just leave me a brochure. I want to learn all about this. Let me try it again. Okay, because I, I could have been fooled on that first set. No, it's, I think you're probably right. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty. Hmm. All right. All right. Okay. Get my number. Ready? On three. Yep. Three. Got a four, seven. You got a four, four. Yep. All right, four seven four four, pretty high, pretty strong. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's got a nice. It reminds me of a Japanese beer because it's got a nice dry finish. I think. Yeah, it does. There's not a lot of very dry. Yep. Yeah. So that's is that the IBUs or what's going on with that? I don't know. Mm. I have no idea. No, I'm not sure what that is. <clears throat> you know how like the Japanese beers like Asahi, like just mm -hmm. crisp, clean finish. It was very that's, very clean, very clean, yeah, very crisp. Um, Could yeah, I mean, there's alcohol. not a lot of, it's got a smooth finish. Um, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really capture the, you know, I get a little coffee, but not a lot yeah. of chocolate. Yeah. No, so, it's good. Yeah. I'm Solid. impressed with that one. That's one I could drink, you know, a couple of, especially. Oh, absolutely. 1%. So, yep. Yep. Um, so that's a good one. I just want to give a quick shout out real quick to my wife. This is kind of in theme with the show. Oh, those are beautiful. So she made me a mm. Imperial Stout you lucky Chocolate bastard. Espresso <laughs> Cupcake. Imperial Stout Chocolate Espresso Cupcake. That's, so it's interesting. The, the, the cupcake itself is not super sweet. Mm -hmm. And then the icing is like a buttercream icing, so it's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And together, I mean, they just, it's, it's a, amazing. I'm sure it's together, nice. it's, it's a nice, <laughs> nice balance. Yeah. Very well done. <clears throat> so, but she was cussing me yesterday because the rest, I'm the one that found the recipe and I was like, Ooh, this would make, I'd like this for my birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you know, when you've been married almost 30 years, you just <laughs> lay it out there. Like that's what I want, man. Um, so, um, yeah. They look beautiful. They, I mean, I, I saw your pictures, man. Those things yeah. look amazing. But apparently the recipe was horrible that she found, that I found online. So oh, like, really? You know, some recipes, they just don't, they just kind of skip around and they don't exactly, they mm -hmm. leave out a little bit of information. Mm -hmm. But the person writing the recipe is like, oh yeah, that's enough, you know, because they know how to do it. Yeah. But they skip a few important <laughs> details here and there. So she was just cussing me out yesterday. <laughs> Took her forever to make them. So... <laughs> Shout out. It is your birthday. So, yeah. so, <laughs> well, they look nice. I, I mean, you can't ask for a better, uh, so what kind of, um, so there's a stout, 
in that mixed in imperial so, stout imperial stout so i used which, um i used commitment imperial imperial stout okay um i think i actually used we thought it was one can but it was actually had to have two like <laughs> one and a half cans actually that was part of the instructions yeah. that weren't clear so it's actually two different imperial stouts one was one we had earlier and then i had one um a commitment imperial stout that I don't think I've had on here before. I'd gotten it for an upcoming show. Right. But I'm going to have to go get another one. So, so yeah, Imperial Stout, you boil it down and then add it to the, mm. basically the cupcake mix and the frosting. So, good stuff. All right. I'm sure our listeners are tired of hearing about food and beer. Got me salivating. We're on the wrong show. But anyway, <laughs> we'll talk some marketing here. Where do you want to start? I've got this postcard campaign that I mm-hmm. got from a company that I've done business with that I thought was very interesting. Yeah. Why don't we start there? Um, I like it. All right. Cause this is a pretty quick one. Yep. So we have been using, we used HelloFresh a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's one of the meal kit delivery services. Loved mm-hmm. it back then. And then we kind of moved and didn't pick it back up, but we started recently using it again. Yeah. Um, really like it, which is kind of odd because now all of a sudden we've moved over to one part of their, this is a lesson on list segmentation for all of you out there. Mm-hmm. So we're buyers now, again, we're getting active deliveries, but we're also on their comeback program mm. or mailing list. So somewhere the two parts of the company are not talking to each other. <laughs> um, so they're wasting money for mm-hmm. one thing, but nonetheless, so I'm on there, you know, they're trying to win me back. And they sent this postcard in the mail and it's a, it's a fourfold. So it folds, folds out right. pretty big. Yep. But what was interesting about it, it says on the, on the cover, it says taste test your perfect meal for less. Mm-hmm. And then it's got hello fresh and three of their competitors on it. Mm-hmm. So it's got factor 75, every plate, and then green chef and then inside when you open it up there's coupons for all four companies different types of offers 16 free meals 135 125 depending on the company and then it tells you each company has its own page that kind of says what they're about and what makes them the meal delivery service for you wow and i'm like that's pretty is this this an affiliate thing like yeah but then I got to think about it. I didn't look it up, so I don't, I mean, there was no way for me to really figure out exactly how they were doing it. But it reminded me of when, you know, when Progressive for a while, and maybe they still do, they started to give, they said, if, if if we don't have the best rate, we'll send you to who does. Mm, yeah. And I think, so this, this company's probably got this list of people who left and they're like, well, let's see if we can make some money off of them. Well, sure. I'm sure these got to be affiliate deals. Got to be. Deals of, there's no time. way they would put that on there if they weren't yeah. getting something. All right. So I just thought that was really interesting. It's very Jay Abraham like, you mm-hmm. know, to be willing to go and put your competitors on a mailer. Mm-hmm. And the only way I knew it was from HelloFresh because there is other than the the mailing side label. Yeah. There's no way to even know like which company this came from. Like it's. <laughs> It's not biased towards one or the other. Right. It's really not. So, um, yeah. Are you sure come. that there's <laughs> some company doesn't own all of these guys? That's what I, I started wondering the same thing. I was like, is this all the same company? Like, 
I don't know. They're so under a huge one huge conglomerate, you know, it's just like could be probably all working out of the same kitchen too. Yeah. Who knows? But you know, they're very different style meals for sure. Because mm-hmm. we've done Factor and we've done HelloFresh, right? And those are very very different. HelloFresh tastes better. Mm-hmm. Um, Factor is easier because it's already pre-mixed and pre-prepared. Sure. The HelloFresh meals are really, really good. So anyway, I thought that was a cool way to go. That is cool. First of all, they're doing two things really well. One, they're talking to their customers who have left them, trying to get them to come back. Most yep. companies don't even bother. And then two, they're actually, you know, trying to monetize that by doing a joint venture with other companies that mm-hmm. are their direct competitors. Right. Because he figured, well, if we've already lost them, we'll give it one more shot. But if they don't want us, then at least let's yeah make you know make fifty bucks, make our mailing costs back or something, plus some. Yeah, so, I mean that's 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 a good way to look at it. it yeah, you know, you're getting something out of it, right? <clears throat> and then you're kind of you're kind of realize. I mean, that's kind of a way to clean your list too, right? I mean, it's exactly. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like you don't hear back from that. Then, <laughs> we yeah. can just kind of send them on, right? Move them on. Of course they, I mean, there, there are codes on the coupons, like very specific codes. Mm-hmm. So they'll know if you bought something else, right? Cause it looks like it's a, there's personalized codes. Mm-hmm. So they can probably track that back to the name. Sure. And see if yeah. I took the coupon for a different, different company. Right. So either way, really cool. Um, really cool way to, try to reactivate, um, re-engage, mm-hmm. resell your list. And if you can't get them to buy your stuff, you know, send them elsewhere, some right? Yeah. Make, make some, some money, money and send them elsewhere, yeah. you know, clean your list, get your loyal, you know, get your loyal people. You know, I guess that's a way to kind of find out who your loyal people are. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a way to pay, have the mailing pay for itself. Yeah, exactly. Which now that I think about it, I used to do that in my handyman business way mm-hmm. back. I would have a flyer that I would print on my side and I would sell the back of my flyer. Mm -hmm. This was pre apps. So I was like literally stuffing mailboxes, you know, in neighborhoods in the newspaper box. Um, so I would just, I was like, well, if I'm going to be driving around, you know, spinning gas, getting the flyers printed. So I found a water, a guy who had water treatment, you know, whole house water treatments, Mm-hmm. And then like an electrician or something like that stuff I couldn't do. I sold them the backside, which basically covered my cost mm-hmm. to deliver the flyers. Yeah. Then I get business and then they get some business. Mm-hmm. Win, win, win for everybody. Absolutely. So. No, that's interesting. You know, it reminds me, um, you know, I heard Dan Kennedy the, the other day talking about like giving back in the day, you know, when you got a huge mailing list is like getting people, and this sounds crazy. It sounds almost counterintuitive, but getting giving out like uh, gift cards, um, certificates for like you know twenty bucks for people who really you know aren't satisfied and want to go elsewhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. And so he goes, "Listen, it's an easy way to basically clean your list. It's yeah. like get the people that you know are just." in it for every, you know, they're going to be, you know, the people that want the $20 gift card or whatever, you know, small amount it is to get off your list. Yeah. You know, to clean those people off. He said, that's a small price to pay to get those, get, to get rid of those people. <laughs> so you give them an incentive to literally get off your list 
so what does that leave? That leaves the people who literally turn down, you know, this value that you've given them and they're saying, no, I want to stay on. So those are your, basically, you know, you've, what are your left, what are you left with? You're left with your loyal, uh, you know, your loyal subscribers, the people that really are, are like, no, $20, I want to stay, I want to stay on, you know? Yeah. And I can definitely see when you had a physical mailing list, why that would be important because, right. you know, if you're sending out packages that cost, and when I say, I mean, a mailing package, so it could be an envelope, letter, stamps, printing, list rental or whatever, you know, you're, you can spend, you know, one to $3 pretty easily. Easily. Yeah. So if you, if you do that over and over, especially for yep. aggressive mailers, which back in the day, mm-hmm. people mailed a lot more. Right. Yeah. You could, you could eat up that 20 bucks in six months. So that, sure. It does make sense when you look at it that way. Yeah. I don't know that it makes the same sense with an email list. No, not. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. It's, I think you could just a little bit different segment. with digital. Yep. Yeah, I think with digital, you could probably just segment harder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could do some type of offer, but I don't know what it would be. Right. I have to think on that one. So speaking of Dan Kennedy, you've got some Dan Kennedy stuff to share. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into um, personality, we're going to talk about personality and copy, some things that I've come across and um, some great tips for people that are creating uh, origin stories or personality in their sales copy. I want to, uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about real quick. And one of them is a piece of equipment that I ordered this week. And this is for anybody that, um, is thinking about podcasting. I realize that everybody's got a podcast nowadays, but there are still some people out there that don't like six. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, six of them. So I've got the equipment to support six podcasts. Um, but anybody that's interested in getting started in podcasting. So I tried this, I ordered this, um, new piece of equipment. It's out. It's, I think it just came out a couple of months ago from zoom. You know, I'm a big fan of a lot of their stuff, but I've got their H I think it's their, um, uh, H six, uh, recorder, but this is their new pod track recorder right here. It's called the pod track P four recorder. Basically, I mean, this thing does everything that the mixer in front of me does, which is about a $700 mixer, this Rode, um, you know, pod mixer that I've got in front of me. Um, This little thing, which is about 200, I think it's about 230 bucks, does everything that this thing does. Plus, it's really portable and it's mobile. It's got four tracks, um, one, two, three, four for your XL microphone that you speak into. Um, in addition, here's, what's the cool thing. Here's the thing that sold me is that you get this, um, it comes with this little Bluetooth thing that you hook in to the side and you can literally Bluetooth your phone into it and do calls from this little thing. Nice. So you don't even need the, you don't need an internet connection to do like podcast interviews. Um, you don't need any of that stuff. You can Bluetooth to your smartphone, make a phone call, do interviews, you know, whether it's podcast interviews or just recorded pre-recorded interviews that we, you want to do with someone. Um, you know, this thing is awesome. Uh, so I've used it a couple of times this week, amazing sound quality, and it even has these little tracks right here. These are your mic tracks up here with the volume. 
And uh, for people that are listening, you can see this on the video over at YouTube. These are actually um, little uh, voiceover tracks or soundtracks that you can add to. So you push any one of these buttons while you're recording and it creates that, you know, the applause effect or the drum effect. But you can do that on a small level with one of these. So So you could use that with like... Your bumper intro music yep. or something. Exactly. Like that. Create your bumper it, and you can create your own. It's got some that are already uh, recorded onto these that you can use. I think it's got, it's got an applause. It's got a laugh track and um, a couple of, it's got a, like a, a, a music that's kind of a music intro, but it may not be the one that you want to use. So you can create yeah. your own, put on here and use this and just hold these buttons down when you're recording, you know, and it creates that it creates that sound effect. So I'm super impressed. I mean, technology is amazing from what, um, you know, since I've been podcasting, but the fact that you've got one of these little, you know, something this size with the little uh, Bluetooth adapter that you can hook into your phone, throw it into a bag and carry with you and podcast on the go, even when you're out of town, saves me a lot of time. Yeah. A lot of extra equipment. So, so anyway, that is the records to an sd card i assume yeah yep a little sd card um little sd card slot right there on the side you just pull your card out what's cool is even um even if you want to hook into there's some adapters on the side for right here uh if you if you did want to hook it in if you're doing a zoom call or if you're using Streamyard and you did want to hook into your um computer you've got a micro sd to SD, you could do that easily yeah, and, and use this on a platform like what we're doing with uh, StreamYard. So very cool. A lot of different options. So, you know, you don't want to carry one of these huge road and you can't see it, but this thing, this road, uh, mixer is like this big and it's cool and everything, but it's nice that you got something like this. You can throw in a bag uh, and take with you on the go. So this is perfect for me for what I do. You know, I go to trade shows. I go, you know, I travel, I go to a lot of these events. So this is awesome. You know, I can just sit here, you know, throw this in a bag, weighs nothing, takes up, doesn't take up a lot of space. Take it with me with a couple of mics. Boom. I am set. And uh, you can create a really quality podcast recording on the go. Um, and, uh, like I said, for, a fraction of the cost of this big road thing. Cause I used to lug this thing, uh, to trade shows. I, I lug this thing to a trade show and it, it takes up a lot of space and it's kind of frustrating cause it sometimes you don't have a lot of room and yeah. you know, you're just, it's kind of frustrating cause this thing's like, so, um, you know, it just, it takes up too much space. So you, it's great for in my studio, but I don't like to take this thing on the road. So it's cool that I found something that you can, you know, use that's perfect for uh, doing a lot of Skype or a lot of calls that are Zoom and also just do with that Bluetooth feature that uh, you can yeah. take some uh, calls on the... Uh, and you can get two mics like the one I'm using. Bingo. Um, yeah. You know, that are 79 mm-hmm. to 99 bucks a piece. Yep. And they come with the... Is that the XLR, the bigger mm-hmm. yep. type that would plug into that? And yep. you got... You could even be in a fairly loud room and get a decent recording. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so. it's 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 it works great for XLR mics. You can even use a dynamic mic on this thing, and it works. It'll work well too. But uh, 
but yeah, it is the uh, again the Zoom the uh, the Zoom PodTrack P4, awesome little piece of equipment. So, yeah. I know we don't do product re- reviews very often, but I had to I had to mention that because that thing's just crazy yeah, cool. cool. So yeah, we'll, we'll put a link. Or a link in the show notes over at persuasionbythepint.com. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. So what else you got? All right. So your flight. I want to mention too, before we get into personality and copy, I want to talk about a little uh, lesson on scarcity. So I sent yes. you this week. Um, so here's a little thing like, you know, I do the podcast. I do a lot of, um, I have podcast sponsorships and what I try to do, the way I work my sponsorships on some of my industry podcast shows is I like to do it in six month, um, you know, six month in- increments. Sometimes I'll get a one year sponsor, but I don't do month to month. I, I stopped doing that a long time ago. So it's like, you know, somebody asked me about um, you know, podcasting. And it's like, here's the deal. You got to pay up front for six months, you know, cause I don't do month to month. If you're thinking about, uh, being a sponsor for one month, you're not the person, you know, y- you don't need to do, be doing podcast sponsorships cause this stuff takes, you know, it takes time. You get your message has to get in front of an audience. So I had an opening this week for, um, uh, a six spot, you know, for the next six months, of our sponsors. We're coming up on that timetable next month for our next six, six sponsors. I've got five lined up taken care of. Um, but I had a company that was really kind of, you know, just kind of dragging their feet. So I sent them and I showed you a quick email and this goes to the power of, um, of scarcity. And so you always want to be upfront and honest with people when you're talking about scarcity, but you also want to let them know, uh, when things are coming to an end or very limited. So I sent this out. This is the exact text that I sent to a company this week because they had, uh, I'd followed up with them a couple of times. They said, I'll get back with you. I said, Hey, such and such the guy's name. And I'm going to edit that out. Strange name. (laughs) Whatever. I said, just FYI. And I, I sent this, it took me like once, you know, 30 seconds is like, shoot. I was like, you know, one morning I was like getting ready and yeah, I was this like, was, this is not a well-formatted email. No, no it, was it wasn't. Text. It was just a, sh- I just, it was a text that I just shot out, not well-crafted. In fact, I was, uh, it was get ready one morning. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to shoot this guy one last email and, or one last, te- one, one last text because he's they've been dragging their feet. So I said, just FYI, we have only one podcast advertising slot available. One last slot available for the next six months. We only take six exclusive, keyword exclusive, uh, advertisers at a time during a six-month period. It will probably be filled by the end of March, which is true because I've talked to a number of other companies, although they were... Um, they were kind of more interested in, than some of the other companies. And, uh, and so I said, so if you are planning to do advertising with composites weekly, my podcast show, you need to, uh, let me know soon. So, uh, within, you know, within about a minute, you know, the guy texted me back. Um, obviously he apologized about it, said they will be jumping on board, um, and he will try to get me the information next week, um, so they can not miss out on this opportunity. So again, nice. it's just a quick, you know, just an easy lesson on 
how to kind of push people in, you know, yeah, and you showed me the text, and he literally said, "Sorry," <laughs> was the first first word he texted. That's back. right. Uh, yeah, exactly. His first word is that his first sentence was "Sorry about this." Um, so you know, and obviously things happen, business, cra- you know, things get crazy, people get busy, and that's what he explained to me after he apologized. He said, "You know, things have been busy, but yes, we want to jump, for- we want to move forward." So, and this is why follow up is so important. <clears throat> Absolutely, it's not personal that they just don't want to do business with you no people are literally busy busy like, as busy as you are just as forgetful as you are yeah. just you know absolutely if you don't if you're not the guy staying in front of them mm-hmm. the guy that stays in front of them is the one that gets the business it's and the only stuff. way to light a fire under them yeah. so, you know if you keep saying you know hey just following up with you just following up with you you know people are going to be like yeah we are we just give us some time give us some time yeah, well at some point you got to Put some urgency in. Yeah, there. you've got always got to put urgency in your, you know, in your sales, whether it's texting or email or whatever, but yeah. create and don't lie. I mean, and I didn't lie here. You know, I did have, I've got three or, you know, actually three other companies um, that I've been talking to, but these are guys that have kind of developed a relationship with and kind of fit the bill. They would be the perfect ones for that podcast slot. So I'd hate to say, you know, it would be great to have them, but here's, here's a way to say, listen, it's now or never, you know? And so if they weren't, I was completely fine with them saying, you know what, it's just not right for us at this point. But that was just a way to kind of, like we were talking about earlier, way you get closure, closure, kick them off the list. Yeah. And move forward with these others. Right. Um, So you've got to do that from time to time. You've got to create some urgency, some scarcity in anything to get people to move forward or off the, you know, off the deck, you know, use like either, (laughs) either move in or move off, you know? And so that's what you have to do. You, the last thing you want are these, these straddlers who are out there. I'm like, eh, I think I'm interested. I just, I need a little more time. I need, need a little more time. Well, you've got to create, um, you know, you've got to move those people forward in any of your sales and any of your marketing or sales letters, you got to say, well, just letting you know that it, this ain't going to be forever. Right. So, yeah. uh, you got to make a decision in by this point. And, and I told him, and so, um, so that urgency creates, uh, decision-making pretty quick. And I've, I've done that time and time again with an email and I've talked about in, in times past sending out emails, are you, have you given up on this project, you know, in the headline, right? And so when people see that, that, you know, that, that kind of, it's like a final email, have you given up on this project, kind of puts the onus on them to say, wait a minute, uh, no, we're still interested, you know, gets the conversation started. If people aren't returning your emails that you've reached out to a number of times, use that line, have you given up on the, this project and say simply, Hey, so-and-so just reaching back out to make sure to see if you've given up, if you have, let's clear things out. I'm moving forward. I just want to make sure. But a lot of times what's going to happen is they don't want to finalize things if they're somewhat interested and they want to, that'll re-engage them right away. So yeah, human nature is just to put stuff off. So they'll put them off. They'll put it off as long as something pushes it, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's you or you know, circumstances like, but tendency is to just mm-hmm. status quo, put things off. Yeah. That kind of stuff, overanalyze all that. So yep. that's good. 
Yeah, I got that. By the way, I got the, that subject line, Have You Given Up by, we've talked about him, Chris Voss from uh, Never Split the Difference. Great yeah. nego- no, Great book on negotiating, by the way. And he talks yeah. about uh, implementing that into your emails if you feel like, if you can't, if you've reached out to someone, reached out to someone, or you followed up on a particular project or a particular uh, quote or something like that proposal, and you can't, you're like nothing, 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 then all of a sudden do this. Have you given up on this project? Yeah. And that'll, that'll create, <laughs> you'll be It'll amazed at the response. Yeah. You'll definitely get some conversations. Absolutely. Fired back up. Yep. It's kind of like the, the nine word email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you still interested in? Mm -hmm. I like this even better because have you given up on is even more jarring. Yeah. Then are you still interested in? Right. Whatever. Yep. So have you given up on is Mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. It's like, (laughs) it's like you're about to take their candy from them or something. Yeah. Yep. No. No. Yeah. I've used that. I've used that a number of times with, um, you know, people that are in positions, in buying positions that for whatever reason drag their feet and you send that out and almost, I would say 80, I would say 80% of the time you'll get a response. If you send yeah. that, if you use that in the headline of the email, yeah, they for will sure. respond. Those short, quick. Mm-hmm. And, and when you do it, um, for those that aren't familiar with the technique, you don't want to put Anything else, like don't elaborate. Right. You nope. just got to do that. Mm-hmm. And then even if, you ha- if you're if you using a template, because you have to with work, Yep. One, one little trick is to put like 50 line breaks after that sentence. Oh, yeah, yes. To push your graphic footer down. Yep. Um, you know, so it should be just your name, not like your name, title, everything else. Assuming you've been communicating enough that they would recognize your name. Right, right. So, yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, I'm curious about how you're going to tie this uh, Marvel encyclopedia sitting on your desk <laughs> to this is good personality and copy. This thing's um, thick, man. Look at this. Look at that. Look at that, man. Now, can you can you explain to our younger listeners what an encyclopedia is? <laughs> what can you name even an encyclopedia? Uh, or let's see, Britannica is one. Britannica right? for sure. Um, I can't name one other than that. I can't World, either. Yeah, I don't. World Britannica, the same thing. I think that's what I sold. I, I spent like a week, I think, when college selling yeah. encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not for me. No. But uh, I remember yeah, I great. bought a set. I don't know. When I was stationed, I got I got suckered in by. Oh, yeah, they love military bases. Military. Yeah. Military people are like suckers because they were like. And, and I remember the guy was a pretty good salesperson and I wasn't a seasoned, I was a young kind of naive person at the you time. Weren't, you weren't married yet then. I wasn't married, which yeah. is even more amazing why he, yeah. it's not like he, he was did. able to sell it to a single guy. But I yeah. bought like this whole set of encyclopedias and dictionaries and like, it was like, do you want to, do you want to create a future? You know, I thought, I, I, I want to say that was like creating a future for your, cause you know, every guy thinks, well, I'm not going to have a family now, but down the road, you know, creating a future of education. Do you want to, um, do you want to, do you see a, a future of yourself outside of the military where you educate yourself beyond that and have a family that's educated and all this stuff? It's crazy how they get you. So, yeah, for sure. But yeah, this is a, uh, this is a little different encyclopedia. This is one of the, this is an encyclopedia you actually want to read. Um, 
This is the Marvel Encyclopedia, and this has every every character, every character in the Marvel universe, everyone, and it tells yeah, their yeah. origin stories, right? And that's interesting because they're rolling these things. I mean, they're oh, they have Disney Plus, like they're just rolling the all these obscure characters out now. So you can turn and. And they, yeah, they have obscure characters, Sean, that you've never heard of. And even with the movie, with all the movies they've come out with, there's still characters in here. Oh, they Um, just scratched the surface. Yeah, they took the big mainstream characters for the movies. A guy named Fool Killer. Fool Killer. Fool Fool Killer. Is that Mr. T? (laughs) He kind of looks like it. I Uh, I, I pity the fool. You know, Forge, uh, there's a guy named Forge. I mean, all of these guys. So what it does is it breaks them down on their origins. He, uh, so for instance, this guy Forge, apparently he is a, um, a Native American who became known as Forge, was not only trained in mystic arts by Nays, a shaman in his uh, Cheyenne tribe, but was also a mutant with the ability to invent highly sophisticated mechanical devices, right? Never heard of him. So it goes in, it tells you his origin, tells you his power, even gives you his occupation, where he lives, his height, his weight, color of his eyes, (laughs) hair color, everything. (laughs) Seems like he could have been like a good, like, you know, Director of maintenance for the X Men school. Yeah, the X school, whatever that place was called. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Professor X's. Yeah. Um, whatever the school name was, I yeah. can't remember the name of the school, but yep. that was the first big Marvel. Yeah. Kind of hits. Yeah, it's got guess, every character um, from X Men to the Avengers. I mean, any any character that you can ever think of that is Marvel related. And it's got, it's kind of cool because it's got an introduction by Stan Lee. So if you can find this, you can find this on Amazon for like 30 bucks. Um, But it's pretty cool. So it gives you the the, coffee table book too. It is, it is. So it kind of gives you an idea and it's great for anybody that's in, excuse me, copywriting because it gives you ideas on origin stories and origin stories are awesome because I'm fascinated. I'm always drawn into how did, you know, how did such and such become who he is? Um, and we talked about this, we kind of hinted on this last week when we talked about, um, you know, creating your personalities in your story selling, um, when in it, in face to face selling, we talked about face to face selling last week where we talked about the, I'm not who you think I am. And you talked, well, you know, we talked about, you know, um, you know, people like, uh, Tony Robbins, you know, Dave Ramsey, you know, their or everybody's got an origin story today, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, all of these guys. And that is how they make their money. Is all those stories? Yeah. They wear those stories out big time. Well, on behind me, on my my little shelf back here, I've got the Hulk hands. Yep, behind me, and I use those when I give talks on my coaching mm-hmm. stuff because I talk about the first the uh, TV Incredible Hulk series. Oh yes, and their intro was basically the origin story. Yep. Every week, you know, they played that thing over. Oh, that's and over. great. And that it's I can still hear like the music. Set. Yeah. You get the rainstorm, Uh like you know, you get the whole origin story Mm -hmm. in that thirty seconds. I think that is a great study. It is like how to tell a story 
in like 30 seconds that mm-hmm. kind of sets up every, all kinds of nuance with his character that you instantly understand why he's doing what he's doing, yep. why he turns green and angry. Like you get it all in that 30 seconds. Every it's time. Amazing. Yeah, that was smart on their part because every episode started with that. Yeah, so you don't have to spend the actual episode right. hinting or bringing back the backstory because it's not a movie. It was a weekly series, so mm-hmm. you had to keep people up to date. I think more TV shows should do that. Like if you look at um, wherever there's a main character, like a, like I love the, I guess it's a psychology type law show, Bull. Oh yeah, he's yeah. A, he's the character. He used to be on NCIS, but he's his character is he's a he's not a lawyer, but he's a trial scientist. Mm-hmm. So he uses persuasion and psychology to yeah. figure out the best jurors and the best angles and all this kind of stuff. So it's right. kind of interesting. But even that, I think, would be cool if they had a backstory, origin story that kind of rolled at the beginning. But you don't, you just don't see many shows doing that anymore. No, not at all. I think as, I think as so many of the shows now are more ensembles. Mm-hmm a group of people instead of one person. Yep. There's not yep. many one person focused shows anymore. No. Like there was back then. And I think the key to creating, um, and obviously any character and what you want to do is create characters around, um, you know, whatever, it, whatever you're writing copy for, you know, whether it's a, you know, an organization yourself, if you're promoting yourself. Well, all these origin stories, are born out of a frustration of some kind. Bingo. Yes. Yep. Which is if you, if you're writing copy and you use the most basic formula for copy, it's there's two most famous are PAS, which is problem, agitate, mm-hmm. solve. Yep. And then AIDA, which is attention, interest, desire, action. Mm-hmm. And the best way to get attention is frustration and pain. Absolutely. Yeah. For the most part. So if you look back through your encyclopedia there, I mean, you think about most of the the characters, their origin stories come out of some type of frustration they were having, some type of problem they were trying to solve, Mm -hmm. some type of trauma, you know, I'm not strong enough, so I Mm want to get stronger. I'm not Mm -hmm. smart enough, so I want to get smarter. Even the villains, same thing. Mm -hmm. Trying to create some invention, something goes wrong. Next thing you know, they've got, you know, mechanical arms and legs and stuff, you know, so. Yeah, and sometimes it's completely out of their control, right? Um, right. You know, these, you know, accidents or, or things in life, you know, happen upon them, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, an accident. You know, we talked about last week the, you know, talking about Brendan Bouchard, he tells the um, the uh, car, accident car accident story, yep. um, which are traumatic, you know, but they lead people into um, – you know, it, it's gripping. And so that's, that's one of the key takeaways is that your story has to have flaws in it. Like you have to have serious flaws, you know, from, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the guy that, um, was, you know, whether it's Tony Robbins being overweight, being just disgusted at who he, you know, what he looked like or yeah, not being able to eat and pay the rent. And right. Not uh, yeah, Exactly. Um, Brandon Bouchard, like you said last week, that one story, his, um, you know, having a blanket of bills, you know, on yeah. the bed, yeah. you know, while his wife was sleeping. I mean, uh, what kind of picture is that? I mean, that's a huge picture right there in your, yeah. your mind. It never leaves. But those are like, those are flawed stories of people that are having problems. They didn't come from, no one likes. And that's one of the things that Dan writes um, <clears throat> in his, um, 
in this key uh, key takeaway is in this series that he does on personality and copy. He says no one wants to read about a perfect character. Uh, so a character possessing perfection in one area should possess imperfection in another area. Uh, Sir Arthur uh, Conan Doyle understood this, which is one of the reasons Sherlock Holmes has stood the test of time for more than 100 years. I don't know if any of our listeners have read Sherlock Holmes, but um, Holmes has the perfect in- intellect, but he's an emotional black hole, you know, so <laughs> he's deficient in one area. He's a really right. smart guy, but he's completely deficient when it comes to uh, that relatability, you know, when it comes to personal relationships. He kind of fails in that area. <laughs> yes, and in that same vein, you've got um, spinoffs of that. So you've got Columbo from back in our day. Oh, love it. One yeah, of the all-time so best. So Columbo yep. is this brilliant detective, but he's sloppy. Sloppy. Looks just, just kind of gross. His hair is just, just all disheveled. Yeah. His pants, his clothes are not iron. They're just like look wrinkled. He's got the old trench coat. That just Yeah. And then on the opposite <laughs> side of that, somebody took that idea, spun it, and they came up with Monk. Yep. Exactly. Super OCD. Completely. You know, got super it. clean, yep. polished. Mm-hmm. Like everything has to stay in place. That's right. Not, you know, <laughs> just literally neurotic. Yep but brilliant at solving mm-hmm. crimes for the same yep. reason. Yep. So, you know, I think Gary Halbert as a copywriter kind of did this for himself, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's a brilliant copywriter, but there was this thread throughout his life of that. He really couldn't get his life together. Yep. You know, there's, there's times where he was living in somebody else's place and, mm-hmm. you know, working with, because he couldn't afford his own place. And then, right. you know, his back was against the wall. So he wrote this incredible sales letter. There's, you know, he couldn't find a a woman. So he put an ad out for a, Mm -hmm. you know, a date. Like he had these pictures of like that. Here's this guy who can sell anything for you, for your company. Sure. Yeah. But his life's kind of falling apart over here on the, yep. At the same time. Yep. So uh, yeah, you see it all throughout stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. And that's, I think people are, you know, it's again, no one wants to read about that guy that's, you know, Superman was my least favorite uh, character because he was, I mean, the reason why, because he was always like the perfect guy, right? I mean, well, he was. <laughs> that was the problem with Captain America, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> he was kind of born out of the same time period. And they used that in the Avengers mm-hmm. against him because they, they always picked on him about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. They, they made his perfection a flaw. Even though he, but his origin story is still the same. I was a scrawny kid. Sure. Like all that stuff. Right. But yeah, to keep that like too good, goody two shoes. I mean, I think that's what Iron Man called him all the time. He's like goody two shoes, <laughs> Captain goody two shoes or whatever. He, he was always picking on him. That's right. Absolutely. Because yeah. they had to, to bring out that, uh-huh. that not perfect side of the character. Right. It's like, oh, your, per, your perfection is your imperfection. Mm-hmm. It's like a job, sounds like a job interview. What's your weakness? <laughs> my greatest weakness is my humility. <laughs> exactly. Right. Which is okay. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> my greatest weakness is I'm usually only five minutes early <laughs> to meetings. I'd yep. like to be 10 to 15 minutes early. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I can't get out the door. And... <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what's your favorite, um, What's your favorite back origin story? Um, 
You know, I really, from a superhero uh, standpoint. Yeah, we'll do one from superheroes and we'll do one from like, is there a business or okay. um, any character? It doesn't have to be superhero. It could be any character. Okay. I've always loved the, although I'm a Marvel fan, I've always loved the, um, the Batman from yeah. a DC standpoint. He's probably my, the only character in DC that I've really ever followed well, as a kid. See, and that's the story you see get made over and over, over and, and over and over. Yep. <clears throat> and that's so part of the universe, the DC universe is huge too, but mm-hmm. that's the one that keeps coming back and all the characters from Gotham city. Yep. Cause they're all kind of crafted that way. They Absolutely. Pretty clear origin stories. And the, and the best, I think the best series still to this date, and we've, you know, I, my kids and I, we went to see the most recent, the Batman, um, but still by far the best series is Christopher Nolan's, uh, series that he did, you know, Christian Bale, um, because it developed the, you know, it really told the story, you know, this Mm -hmm. one jumps right in the middle. It really doesn't tell the story, which you probably, at this point, you've seen so many versions of Batman out there that you don't, you don't care about the story. So, um, and that's fine, but I love the fact that in the Christopher Nolan, he tied in the fact that, um, you know, why he became who he was. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, in his, in his, from his standpoint, parents murdered, you know, at an early age, um, yeah. saw the, you know, the decay of his city, you know, with the crime, everything thought he had to do something about it, went away, trained. And what I love about the Christopher Nolan series is it really goes into detail. Like how, you know, how does a guy, how does a regular guy, a rich guy, you know, guy that grew up in wealth, um, just automatically become like this menace to, you know, to, to crime. And so it shows, you know, he went out, you know, he went off, he trained, uh, dedicated himself then he comes back home and then he's like figuring out ways to like, I love the the series that Nolan did where he's like, you know, trying to figure out how to order stuff and like, um, you know, bring stuff in where it's, does it, you know, arouse suspicion. <laughs> he's like bringing yeah. in like stuff to, to make his suits and all the stuff and all of his gadgets. And then he's got this, um, you know, his military side of his company that he's able to borrow gadgets and stuff that's never been used. It's never been used in the military. That's a great story. That's a great tie in yeah. of how he's able to do that. So very um, Iron Man esque. Yeah. Too. Very, I think, I very think much. They developed, mm-hmm. I think they probably developed some when they saw the success of Iron Man. They oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Some of that. Definitely. So that, that's probably my greatest, uh, the, the coolest origin story that I've always followed of how mm-hmm. he became who he is. Um, I think from a business standpoint, um, I've always really admired, um, and I don't really, I don't, I don't hold to his, uh, his financial advice as much, but I love Dave Ramsey's story, you know, a guy that went totally bankrupt, lost everything he tells, I mean, and I think it's just because I've heard it so many times of him, uh, especially driving around an old hoopty, you know, that's, uh, you know, barely, uh, stitched together with, um, <laughs> well, it just resonates on so many levels, right? Cause yeah. I think, yeah. I think as people get more successful, copywriters included, mm-hmm. you begin to forget some of the hard times that you went through Yeah, and you forget to write those. <clears throat> yep. it, I think what happens is as you get more successful, either as a company, a marketer or a salesperson, you start to think that your market 
is mm-hmm. is like you when right. it's actually like you were five or six years or 10 or 15 years exactly. ago. Exactly, yeah. And we forget that the majority of people, unless you really know your niche is mm-hmm. you know, Ferrari buyers or whatever, but for the most part, people are struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, you know, despite what you see on Instagram and everywhere else, like most people are driving a pretty old used car. Yeah. You know, most people are struggling. Like that's why this whole gas price meme went crazy. Yeah. Cause like mm-hmm. that's, that's real life for people. Right. Yeah. And if you forget that and you're not able to tap into that mm-hmm. origin story, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, financial, whether it's just confusion, um, depression, not being in the shape you want to be in too yeah. fat, too skinny too right. whatever. Um, you know, I think we can all tend to forget those things yep. as we get our own success mm-hmm. and you really have to tap back into that. Absolutely. And we get tired of telling the story. We do. Yeah. You know, um, I think David Ogilvy said that you'll get tired of your story long before yep. the market does because yep. you'll see it and hear it a yep. hundred times before the market <laughs> hears it once. Absolutely. And you know, as it, you know, in marketing, copywriting and sales, we like to hear, and you know this, Sean, we, we like to, we're, we're tired of our own story. So we like to hear other people's story. I'm always gravitated towards like when I interview, you know, companies on my podcast, I always like, you know, that's the thing. I like to hear their origin stories, how they, you know, became who they are. So I'm always interested in them, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah. Well, I think I get tired of my own story. So I'm always interested in somebody else's story, which is cool, you know, because we work with companies. We tell their, we help to tell them their, you know, craft their stories. We give them ideas for crafting better stories. Um, but sometimes we neglect our own stories. You know, we're thinking, uh, I can't remember. It's like, I've done this forever. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> but I've been, I've made that a project for myself and doing some campaigns in my own business is tying in some of my background. And so what I did was, you know, I've crafted some, you know, some campaigns, some sales campaigns that tie into um, using some of my background. And one of the things is um, I did a, I did a sales letter this week to a company talking about, and I'm trying to really hone in on the sales letter that hones in on a peace of mind. That's really, those are, that's my like, that's my hot button for so many companies right now in today's climate, in today's environment, in my industry, um, is peace of mind, peace of mind, knowing that, you know, raw material is going to be there. Material is going to be there. Um, because it's so fluctuating today. It's so, everything's volatile right now with supply chain issues. So, uh, one of the things I did, I crafted some, I've done some, uh, sales letters out, not like, I'm not talking like 10 page copywriting campaigns, but talking really, you know, one to two page sales letters uh, that go out to companies and telling them these are prospects that I'm trying to to, um, sell to, but talking about peace of mind and like the origins of my story, my background, we both, Sean, you and I both come from a military background our MOSs were different. My MOS was a 19 Delta, which was reconnaissance. And so what yeah. I tell, I tell the story, I said, you know, you know, my background is, is in the military. People love military stories. Yeah. Um, 
And you can tell that you can say, um, and so what I did was talk about, you know, in terms of reconnaissance, um, what does that mean? What does a reconnaissance person do? Well, he goes out and he basically is the eyes and ears of the main body. He's basically, he's, he's scoping out any of the uh, deadly <laughs> scenarios that might take place when you send your main body out. So that's, that's the job of a recon a reconnaissance scout is to go out and make sure that you're you have peace of mind knowing that you know you're not going to have any any things that's like great yeah that's a great time that's really it's really <laughs> so, good no landmines no no um no unforeseen circumstances and that was you're, always you, you are literally trained to see and notice things that others aren't that's right so that and they always called us we were our title was always our they called us the eyes and ears of the army because that's what we yeah. do we go out before the main body scope out everything radio back and give our what we had you know our reconnaissance give all the information we can to make sure hey this path is clear for the main body to come through and so that's what i'm tying into my letters to my manufacturing prospects is that listen peace of mind this is what i do i understand what it's like in a time of uncertainty this is what i did you know i always yeah. went out in front of our main body i would i would scout out those obstacles and that's what i'm going to do for you because here's what i currently do i make sure that your raw material is going to be there on a timely manner and we take care of that we we're not suffering any uh, supply chain problems and i can assure you you'll have that same uh, peace of mind as if I am your own recon scout, you know, in from a manufacturing standpoint. So it's good. So I'm tying those two in. Um, and so those are, those are so important. So everybody's got something that they can, they can go back and they can delve into, you know, from their past, what they've done and tie that into their copy. That's going to help them improve their marketing, you know, improve their, their own, uh, success. So, yeah, and if you if you think you don't, I uh, promise you you do. You can either sit down with a copywriter and they can kind of oh, pull yeah. it out of you. Mm -hmm. Or another good resource is something like Storyline from Donald Miller. Yep. Oh There's yeah. Some exercises that he has in that workbook that mm -hmm. go along with that that have you map out your entire absolutely time, your yep. lifeline and you know you kind of rate it was a high or low and mm -hmm. you can kind of see this overarching theme. It's one of the exercises yep. he does that I like. So yeah, there's definitely, but it doesn't have to be, a, it's only got to be you just, there's different points that you can pull out for mm -hmm. different things. You know, we were talking last week about the diff five different types of stories. Yep. You know, it's like we said before, Brendan Burchard has the, he has his origin story, which was a crash, but then he's got kind of the, as he was struggling to tell his story, yeah. the bills and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of the endurance part of the story. Mm-hmm. And yep. then, you know, from there, those yep. are his two big stories that, mm -hmm. you know, come from literally a split second <clears throat> in time. Oh yeah. You know, it's not like you have to tell a, you know, something that happened over the course of five years. Right. You know, right. It's, it's usually a moment in time that was a turning point for mm -hmm. you or a skill you developed like you did. Yep. Um, you know, for me, for a long time, when I was telling my copy story, you know, it's like, I used to be a handyman. Sure. Actually, I started the handyman business with like $26 in my pocket. Oh, I love that story. In the chicken account. Yep. Took, took 10 bucks and, or 16 bucks and put 
and made flyers, got them mm-hmm. printed at Office Depot, mm-hmm. and took the other ten bucks and put gas in the car. We were down to zero. Went out and passed out flyers. Wow. Twenty four hours later, got a got a call, quoted it, made a thousand bucks that weekend. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What a great turned story. everything around and yeah. You know, we we rode that for a couple of years. Then I got into copy and mm-hmm. that's got its own story about how that happens. Yeah. So so yeah, it you know you just pull out these different times in your life. Cause we've all overcome stuff. Yep. You just got to notice it, but a little, that remind what you just mentioned reminds me. Cause you got, I mean, that's, I, I've always loved your story cause you've told it um, at some of our local events in the past, but it reminds me of the, um, I was watching a Steve Harvey. I got to send this to you, but I was listening to Steve, you know, Steve Harvey is just, yeah. he's killed it on family feud and so many other things, but he talks about, Like the first time he was living in his car, you know, this was, uh, I actually saved this video, but it was him living in his car. He was down to like $30, um, didn't have anything else. Um, and he, um, he got a call from, uh, the Apollo in New York, you know, and this was on a, I think this was on like a Thursday and, this is back before cell phone. So he literally went to a payphone, called into his voicemail <laughs> and um, was like, I don't know what to do. But he found he found this voicemail on the Apollo said, we saw your stuff. We're interested in having you. And this was on a Sunday. I think it was on like a Sunday night. They wanted him at the Apollo and it was Thursday. He had thirty dollars. He had no way of getting to New York on $30. I mean, that wouldn't cover the gas or anything, much less a flight. So he was like, oh, well, but he said, uh, he said he called right back. He said, following that voicemail, there was another voicemail of a, um, a comedy club over in Jacksonville, Florida, where he was, I guess it was close to where he was at the time. This said, Hey, we heard your stuff. And we like what you do. Can you be here on, I think it was on a Friday. Can you be here on uh, Friday the next day and do a little thing? We'll pay you like 150 bucks. It was like, boom, that hit, you know, so he drove over there, you know, got the $150, took the $150, got a, got a ticket at that time. I guess you can get a ticket for about 150 bucks. Yeah. You know, flew up to New York, um, stayed at the, you know, he didn't have any place to stay. So they let him stay like at the floor above the Apollo. The guy finally relented and said, whatever, you can stay here. He let him live or stay overnight. And that was like it. That was his, like that one thing that being able to do the Apollo kind of launched him. And imagine had he not been able to make it to New York, who knows? I mean, who knows what would have happened? And the story there is just the way you would spin that is, you know, perseverance, (laughs) finding a way. There's yep. a lot of stories you could pull out of that. Yeah. Dedication. And you can use other stuff. people's stories. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. Sometimes we think we have to have the story. Sometimes you can use those stories in your copy. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, Robert Greene's a great example of that. You know, oh, he's written, yeah. written some masterpiece books mm-hmm. and he, he proves his point with history. You oh know, yeah. Instead of, instead of his own clients or his own experience, yeah. he's like, here's the principle. Yep. Here's the law of power, you mm-hmm. know, it's 48 laws of power. Then he demonstrates it through historical things, right. which is a really cool thing. Cause then you don't, it's not you saying it, it's oh, that's right. saying it, Yep. which is a great, mm-hmm. I think a great little technique to write uh, a, a nonfiction kind of 
yeah. self-help type book. We've been going for a while. Do you have anything yeah. else you wanted to cover? No, uh, that's it. Um, again, it's it's just taken away from a lot of Dan Kennedy stuff and personality in uh, in marketing. Um, really good stuff. You know, we there's so much that I forget that Dan uh, put out, and I've had a chance to go through lately, and that's just one of them. Personality and copy is is amazing. He references a lot of stuff that you should be reading. Um, you know, comics are one, but um, you know, origin stories, things like that. You should read on how to write stories, how to write good stories. He does recommend uh, Stephen King's On Writing. That's one of his top recommendations, which we've talked about in the past. Yeah, that um, was the first book mm-hmm. when I became a full-time copywriter that my copy chief recommended. Yeah. Paid me to sit in the <laughs> office and read it. I mean, he's wow. like, you're not writing anything until you finish reading this book. That's great. So that's, that's a jewel. how important it was. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. Good stuff, man. Good show today. Um, good beer. Good topic. Good show. Uh, to all of our listeners, you can find us at persuasionbythepint.com. You can find us on all of your podcast platforms, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, you name it. And, uh, oh, yeah, I was going to feature. I'll post the uh, link to this thing on our show page. The um, Again, the, the pod, PodTrack P4, the podcaster on the go. You still need the mic, but... That's all you need. It's pretty cool. Podcast on the fly with your phone. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll see you guys next week. But well, we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the weekend. Sean, we'll see you next time. Thanks. See you.